It's the Who's On First baseball show with the coach, Carl Damasi, and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. The fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Talking all things baseball on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. And here we are, the coach and the baseball fanatic. And what's up, baseball fans? Welcome to the... Episode 17, Season 5 of the Who's On First Base Baseball Co- Podcast with, of course, the coach, Carl Damasi, and the baseball fanatic, the cranial vault of all baseball knowledge, that's Kyle Lawson. Little little subtitle there. He also is the voice of the Savannah Clovers. He's getting oh, yeah. ready to do that, too. But once again, it's August 10th, 2022. We're back again. And uh, I just got to get my date straight. You know, everything's uh, coming together. You know, school's starting. I'm going crazy. But once again, it's presented by who? It's presented by who, Fanatic? Coach's Corner Sports Network, of course. Okay. And remember, there are five shows, Rubbing and Grubbing, every Wednesday night. They're the Elder Statesman. They're the original show on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. Brandon Bain, the Atlanta man. And, of course, Lawrence Bennett, the producer. Then yours truly, the Call of Demasi Sports Sport, every Saturday morning from 9 till whatever. Whenever I get done talking, whenever I want to stop talking. Then, of course, the other show that went live in April, the Masters, Augusta, in the John Henderson cabin on the campus of Coach Scorner. That's the 19th hole with the Herb Brothers. And we have two podcasts. The uh, Young Guns, Spencer Matic, Travis Jadon with Hot Grids Podcast. And I made the show last night. I made the show. We talked about high school football, Savannah Bananas, and everything else. And then, of course... uh, the other podcast, which is right now, it's the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast. We've been doing this for five years, Kyle. It's unbelievable. Once again, big thank you to John Henderson and Adele Henderson for letting us be part of that Coach's Corner Sports Network. And hey, Coach, good to talk to you again this week. Hey, we're past the trade deadline. We're getting into the dog days right now. We got a lot to talk about. And I don't even know where to begin. But yeah, first off, always a big shout out to... Uh, John and Dell Henderson over at Coach's Corner for letting us do the show every week. All right, we go four innings. First inning around the horn, and we're going to focus on now the pitching. Who has the best pitching staff in each division as we go around the horn from the AL East all the way back to the NL East? Okay, second inning, of course, we got to talk about the Braves, chopping on the Braves. I don't know. We'll get into the Met thing later on. And then, we'll of course, about. the third inning, we usually touch on the bananas and local guys, but tonight, Another interview with the broadcast entertainer oh. uh, uh, for the um, Savannah Bananas. Last year's broadcast entertainer, entertainer of the year. Hopefully he gets it again. Biko yep. Scala. And then, of course, we'll wrap it up with trivia, which I know. The Fanatic leads seven wins to three losses and six ties. So uh, we'll, we'll go with that. But other than that, we're going great. And what am I forgetting? Oh, before we go, we'll go two minutes, five-minute intro here. Greatest, I think the greatest marketing ploy that major league baseball ever did was the field of dreams game tomorrow night Absolutely. feel the dreams your cubbies against the cincinnati reds you gotta love it absolutely coach and yeah i watched a little bit of the cubs uh post game today and just looking at that stadium they're gonna be playing in dyersville iowa maximum capacity is nine thousand, and a beautiful field they beat they built adjacent to the actual movie set of field of dreams and it's really cool. They're going to wear the vintage uniforms. I've already seen them. You know, the Reds and Cubs both have great uniforms. It's going to be a really cool experience for everyone involved. You know, be on Fox tomorrow night at 7.15. And uh, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good one. It's always great with the cornfield behind the outfield fence. And uh, it's just something special to watch. And I'm glad that baseball is trying to get a little uh, imaginative, uh, making that game a little fun. Okay, so, all right, Absolutely. inning number one. Let's go. Around the horn. We, we break down the divisions, but we're also going to add who has the best pitching staff in each division. All right, we got to start out. We always do with the junior circuit. We start out in the AL East. I don't know, buddy. Yankees are choking there. Coach, we're talking about the AL East here. No big surprise here. The Yankees are still in first place, 10-and-a-half game lead, despite going 3-7 and seven out of their last 10. You knew there was going to be a stretch at this point where they would have their struggles, and they're certainly having them right now. But they still, to me – possess even though toronto's pitching staff is pretty talented the best pitching staff in the al east with the likes of nestor cortez 
Of course, you got Garrett Cole. They add Frankie Montas and Jamison Tyon. And, uh, you know, of course, you have Luis Severino. I know he's had some injury problems. But to me, that is the strongest overall staff. You basically have five guys that can get it done. And uh, even though they traded Jordan Montgomery, but, I mean, going out and getting Frankie Montas to really help anchor that pitching staff, that makes them at least the top three guys in Cortez, Cole, and Montas are who you want to see in the postseason. And, of course, the last two games, they lose one nothing, and they lose – well, they lost one nothing two nights ago. They came back and won last night. I think it was 7-3. And again, they only give up three three runs today, and they lose again out there in Seattle 4-3. So the oh. pitching staff is there. I don't know what's going on with the offense. We'll find out. But I hate to tell you, Tampa Bay, the Yankees are number three in Major League in ERA. Tampa Bay is number four. Toronto's way down there like number 15. It's kind of surprising a little bit because I like the guys on the staff um, for the Toronto Blue Jays with a guy, you know, of course they lose Robbie Ray, and so you need a guy like Kevin Gosman to anchor you. Now, I mean, the, that record 8-8 eight eight really doesn't blow you out of the water right there, but he's still a good pitcher. But, I mean, they're really counting on the big bats up there in Toronto. But, yeah, Tampa Bay, as you said it, really talented staff too. And I will say this, my last thing, even though I do like the Yankees pitching staff overall, Who's going to carry him down the stretch? Nestor Cortez is at that threshold where he is pitching innings. He is pitching more innings than he's ever pitched in his professional career. You're going to lean on guys like Garrett Cole, and that's a big reason they bring in a guy like Frankie Montas, who they added at the trade deadline from Oakland. All right. AL Central, Indians. Excuse me. Sorry. The Guardians. We're always Guardians. It's okay. okay. And the Minnesota Twins going in today are exactly – Tied with the same record. Uh, the White Sox are only a game and a half out, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, you, you got basically the weakest division in baseball. You know, I mean, you could make the same conversation. You make the same argument for the National League Central. But right now, since we're talking about it, you're looking at the guys they have right now. Now, I will say the guys, and I'm just kind of going with who's hot, because on paper, the White Sox have the best rotation um, one through three. And the crazy thing is, even though Dylan Cease is having a crazy good year, they pick up Johnny Cueto for nothing. And that guy continues to go out and outperform guys like Lance Lynn, you know, an all-star from last year and Lucas Giolito right there. And then Minnesota, you got Sonny Gray, um, you know, Ryan, and you look at uh, Dylan Bundy. But honestly, right now, the guys that are the steadiest right now are the Cleveland Guardians. That's my pick right now. Because I feel like you have to go in a division that's pretty weak all the way around. Who's hot right now? You're looking yeah, if at you go, if you look at the ERA, Guardians are at three point eight eight. White yes. Sox are three point yes. eight nine. You go to the WHIP. Uh, Cleveland uh, Cleveland's at one twenty three, one point two three, and Chicago's at one point three one. Minnesota is way down with like a four point oh seven ERA with a one point two five WHIP. So the WHIPs are about the same. But, yeah, you know, very much. But so it's just, you know, it's outcome. You know, it's a lot of it right now. But, I mean, Shane Bieber, I mean, he is lighting it up right now. Cal Quantrill's been pretty Started out slow. Started out slow. Definitely started out slow. He has looked really good his last five or six starts. I'm going with the hot hand with my pick, and that's the Cleveland Guardians right now. All right. Let's go out to the left coast. And I always call it the left coast because you never know what's going on out there. All right. It's AL West. The uh, Astros are still running away with this at 11 half games. It doesn't look like they're going to falter. And, you know, with me, the, their pitching staff is number two in Major League Baseball in ERA and a 1.09 whip. You want to tell everybody what whip means for our uh, fellow listeners? I was about to say for the novice baseball fan, that is a combination, a statistic of walks, hits, and innings pitched all amalgamated together. It's a very important statistic. So, I mean, Houston – there's no doubt about it there. Yeah, okay. I will say that, but, I mean, you love Justin Verlander. I mean, right now, he's going out there right now, the ageless wonder. He comes off of TJ, missing the entire 2021 season. He's going out there and dealing, putting up Cy Young numbers right there. But as, as far as, like, a collective, um, I don't know. I like the Seattle rotation. I like Robbie Ray. I like the addition of Luis Castillo. Logan Gilbert has been a fun story going out there, picking some big innings. He's got double-digit wins. That's a fun one through three. Uh, hard to say no to what's going on in Houston when basically you got a guy that's going to go in there and shut you down in Justin Verlander. 
Well, you know, Houston's number two as far as stats go. And believe it or not, the Mariners are number six. So uh, they're right with them, okay? So let's go across to the NL West, okay? I mean, best pitching staff in baseball right now, Los Angeles Dodgers, and they got a 16 game. That's right, a sweet 16 game over the Padres. Yikes. The Padres had a rough week, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. They've dropped their last five. I have dropped my notes and I picked them up, but it's pretty hard to argue with this lineup right there in L.A. Walker Bueller, Luis Urias, Tony Gonsolin quietly having an unbelievable year, finally gets to the All-Star game, Clayton Kershaw finding the fountain of youth, and you look at Tyler Anderson right there. I mean, guys that are going out there and getting it done. I mean, with all that pop in the lineup, and basically you're looking at basically three or four frontline starters. Bueller. 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 Something <laughs> yeah. D-O-O economics, voodoo economics. The Dodgers yes. have the, the best ERA in baseball and the best whip. They got a 2.87 earn run average per game, and the whip is like at 1.06. Uh, you know, so it's 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 un- unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, they've given up uh, – Probably they're in the top ten with the fewest home runs. So you know Easily. we got to go. We got to go with the Dodgers on that one. There's no turn that. That back. was a no-brainer. That was a no-brainer. Right. Okay. And let's go to your dreadful NL Ooh. Central, which is just That's bad as the rough. AL Central. St. Louis is up by half game over Milwaukee. Cubs fifteen and a half out. But uh, you know what are you doing there with your pitching staff? Uh, right there. I mean, even with some of the injuries right there, I still like Milwaukee. I go with, you know, Corbin Burns. You got Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer. He's banged up right now. Freddie Peralta getting some big innings. And uh, when Adrian Hauser is healthy, he's been a really solid pitcher. The question is getting to the back um, of that bullpen right there when you lose a guy like Josh Hader. But we're talking about starters. I still think overall that is the best pitching staff. You got Adam Wainwright doing great things in St. Louis. And uh, they made a couple of additions at the trade deadline. But I still think overall – uh, you're starting pitching. You're, you have a better shot with uh, putting out a team like Milwaukee as far as their one through five. Now, I still think the Cardinals are, have a good chance to go ahead and snuff out this division the way they're hitting the ball right now. Yeah, you better believe it. You know, the Brewers uh, 3.81 ERA versus the Cardinals 3.91. Uh, they're both in the top uh, 15, 16 of uh, Major League pitching staffs as far as stats go. Uh, your walks to hits to innings pitched. Uh, the Brewers are at 1.25 and the Cardinals are at 1.28. So it's really, it's going to be a close. It's pretty race. close. It's really dealer's choice on that right now. As far as, you know, what I'm looking at right now, I still think the Brewers have a better rotation. I just think there might be more talent with the St. Louis Cardinals. And did I say the Cardinals would snuff out the Cardinals? Cause I meant snuff out the Brewers. We know. What I meant. hate saying that. That's what's fun about the podcast. You and I, you know, I make more blunders and errors than you do. So that's what it's all about. Just having yeah, fun. I get, I, I'm good for about four or five a show. You know that. Right. I should win that. I, I, I would win that, uh, that little contest every night. All right. So now we go back to where we uh, <laughs> want to get to the NL East. Uh, you Ooh. know, that's up seven and a half now. Great game last night for the, uh, for the uh, Braves uh, in, in uh, Beantown. But uh, yeah. I'm telling you right now, this is the best pitching staff in baseball and you could say the the Dodgers but the lineup that the Mets throw out there I mean uh, Scherzer and uh, DeGrom and Bissett I mean it's unbelievable well and you talk about it and there was a really good interview with Cookie Carrasco he was with all those great teams in Cleveland he's basically in the back end of that rotation going four and five with him and Taiwan Walker you take all the good work that Scherzer Bassett and uh, Cookie Carrasco and Taiwan Walker. Now, Carrasco, he's got 13 wins right now, and that means he's going deep. He's getting it done. You miss Jacob DeGrom for the better part of two months. He's healthy. He goes out there and deals last night. He is scary right now. That's a scary pitching staff. It's no question that's the best in the East. They lead the majors in strikeouts with 1,068 strikeouts in 112 games. I mean, uh, is that like averaging like 10 strikeouts a game there? Or, or I'm not a mathematician, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, basically when you're one and two horses are Jacob DeCrom and uh, Max Scherzer, I mean, you think about it, what is it, four or five Cy Youngs between the two of them? Yep. There you go. You don't want to see it. All right. That's around the horn for uh, uh, the third week after the All-Star game. Remember, tomorrow night, Field of Dreams out there in Iowa, 
the Cubbies taking on the Red Stockings. So it should be a lot of fun. And that's it for inning number one. And remember, this is brought to you by Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner Sports Network. All fun. Sorry, let me take one step back. There's error number three for me. All food, (laughs) all fun, all music since 1991, Coach. And in the Soundgarden. I mean, this man knows music too, okay? If I said to you it's a tribute band and their band name is Night Train, who are we going with? Oh, you're going with GNR, Guns N' Roses, baby. This is one of the best tribute bands for Guns N' Roses you will ever hear. You 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 feel like you're in 1987. Their their frontman sounds just like a young Axl Rose. The whole band themselves is fantastic. Go to Eventbrite; they'll be in the Sound Garden. You don't want to miss them. You know, just open up. Loaded like a freight train, flying like an aeroplane, feeling like a spray sprain. One more time tonight, okay? Put a little gasoline on the fire, and you got some freight train. You got that right. I'm All on right. a night train, baby. Inning number two. Let's get it going. We're chopping on the Braves. And, uh, a little chopping. Uh, where do we start with the Braves? I mean... Uh, rough weekend. Rough weekend in New York. Uh, they only took one out of five. And, uh, the, the, of course, the New York fans, you know... Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're doing the uh, tomahawk chop and whoa, after they win. I mean, it was just crazy, but that's New York for you. They're going to get you no matter no matter what. And I always remember Lawrence, Lawrence. I mean, so Mary. It, it's 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 a rivalry. This is the, the biggest. It always rivalry. is. And they're, they miss them some Chipper Jones, but man, they really got. They really got the goat for the Braves this over the weekend. This was a good chance we talked about last week to get a chance to really do some damage, and it puts the Braves seven games back right now. But And it also started the first three-game losing streak that the Braves have had this season. It's a tough one. But a little bit of hope here to finish out the stretch. Guess where the next seven games against the Mets are to finish out this season? And, of course, that's going to be at Truist Park in the Battery in Atlanta. Well, you know, Right now, the Braves, uh, what do they have, a three-game lead over the Phillies? Yeah, they have a three-game lead over Philadelphia right now. And, I mean, but, I mean, just to talk about over the weekend really quickly, inconsistent at-bats, not enough quality pitching. Jacob DeGrom was dominant. You knew that. And, I mean. So so was what's-his-face, Max Boy. I'm sorry? So was Max. I was about to say, he was fantastic. They're Pitching staff is phenomenal, but I mean, Jacob DeGrom, that was just the most recent game. I didn't want to get into the Max game. Goodness (laughs) gracious. Yikes. All right. This kid's watching here. But four games next week, but I mean, Ian Anderson really struggled, and new acquisition Jake Odorizzi really struggled. But we did take one positive thing out of this. Now the series, because Ronald Acuna's been struggling a little bit, um, and, you know, his OPS has been 580 over the last 38 games for the New York series. He has a big series, goes, uh, I think, like eight for 19 and uh, over the weekend and just trying to get things jump started. They need him to be hot right now. You know, you talked about the schedule, though. Of course, they got Boston tonight again. Then they yep. have to go down to Florida and play the fish, okay, which is yep, always a tough time. Set. They got to play four games. Uh, they're playing four games in three nights. And then – you got the Mets for four coming into Truist Park. And on the back end of that, you got the Astros. So this is going to be – this will tell us where the Braves it's are. It's very telling. I, this is a playoff team. I still feel like this team can find a way to win this division, but they have to execute. The bats are the key. They need to go out there. Everybody needs to go out to hit. Acuna, Riley, all the boys need to get out there, get the big stick out. That's how you're going to win because you're going to be going against dominant pitching and playoff-tested veterans. And talk about who's hot. <laughs> Austin Riley, what did he do last night with his 30th home run? Can you tell uh, me, trivia boy? I do believe he won the game in the 11th inning, but he also uh, was three for six, five RBIs, and he just missed a cycle by a double, and he also becomes – he ties the great, the greatest brain of them all, Hank Aaron. He has the uh, – tying him with the fastest – uh, pace to get to 30 home runs and 30 doubles in a season, 111 games. Unbelievable to even be mentioned with Hank Aaron. And yeah, if that's hot, I don't know what is. And people, if you're listening, 
We don't talk about this stuff before we go right to the show. There's no pregame meeting. There's no sit down. This is what we're going to talk about. Yeah, the we put the innings. Fight, as I like to call it. Yeah, we put the innings <laughs> together, but we're right on track with the same information. And just to take it one step further, Mr. Riley leads the majors with 65 extra base hits. Extra base hits. He's on a pace for 95. Okay, which break will break Hammer and Hank's franchise record of 92, set way back in. I hate to say it, when I was born, 1959. Oh, geez. I was about to say, oh, back when they were in Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. 1959, that record's been there. So it's going to be pretty special. Uh, any Anybody else you want to talk about? Well, we got we got a key injury last night. You know that. Yeah, we certainly did. And, I mean, Travis no, he's got a bruised leg on that tag play with Pete Alonzo, but uh, negative on the MRI. He could be ready to go by Friday, and we certainly need him. What about Orlando Arcia? Orlando Arcia, yeah, I was about to say the hammy. I wanted to talk about Darno first, but uh, he hit that double and he goes into second and he grabs it. That scares the heck out of you. He's been such an effective utility guy for you all season. You know, being able to come off the bench and play a variety of roles and uh, just I don't really know, but, I mean, you pull a hammy, you're automatically on the IL and uh, – you just hope he's ready for September. I, I don't have any other information other than that. You know anything about this Grissom kid they brought up? He's one of the top prospects for the Braves. He's 95th on the MLB pipeline right now. He's going to get a look. Give him a look right now. Okay, you're you're in the midst. You need some depth right now. See what the kid can do. Michael Harris the second. He gets a call up. He really comes and surprises you because he shows that he's ready to go to the show and playing some really good ball, and just best of luck to Mr. Grissom. I saw that earlier today. And, I mean, you could see him in the lineup, you know, as early as this evening or tomorrow. Oh, whoa, 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 one second. What did I do here? What would you do? Did you hear that? I heard nothing, sir. Okay, so I didn't mess up. Okay, I got I to gotta remember to uh, go uh, fix that up there, okay? I put on the, the Braves. I didn't mean, want to put on the Braves game. I want to put it on the box to see if Grissom was in the lineup, <laughs> and I got the Braves game. <laughs> Whoops, that's what happens. Hey, we're trying to watch. We are watching all things as they happen, too. Yeah, it's 0-0 it's zero, zero right now there in uh, Beantown, uh, you know. So, uh, all right, so we'll see what Grissom can do. Like you said, he's one of the top prospects. Now, is he coming up from AAA or is he coming up from AA? Yeah, he's actually coming up from Mississippi. He played most of the season with AA. And honestly, that's really where you find your best prospects, it seems like, in the last 10 years. Guys get the call from AA. Yeah, you'll see some from AAA, but AA, once you figure out a way to hit AA pitching and you see most of your top prospects that are almost ready to go to the show playing in the Southern League and playing in, you know, Texas League, you know, a variety of uh, the AA leagues throughout the country. Now, he's got no relationship to uh, the great Marquise Grissom, does he? That I don't know. Didn't do that far of a deep. I just know they spell their name the same way. And uh, my last name's Lawson. I don't really know any other Lawsons I'm related to other than the ones I've been introduced to. That's pretty much it, Coach. It's Vaughn Grissom. Vaughn Grissom. Uh, that's who they it's call it. a good up. name. That's a good baseball name. I like oh, it. Oh, it's a great name. Okay. And I think he was batting like three, three something, 324. Yeah, he's been Miss- hitting really well. He's got some pop. He gets on base. A really talented kid. Let him come up here and see what he's made of. He's going to get some at-bats, especially with the injuries going on right now. And watching, which I didn't mean to hit the hit the volume. Or, okay, I didn't but hear it. He, he's he's, he's playing second base. He's, he's playing second base, so I don't know if he's gotten up yet. He's probably in the bottom of the batting order. Let me just check this out, okay? Let's let's go. Let's let's check out the box score here. It wouldn't shock me if you throw him in your first game. It's like, hey, kid, you're ready. Go. Eighth or ninth. You That's what you got to love about. You got to love about modern technology. You can pull it. He's batting ninth, and he's not got up yet. He sh- he's due up fourth this inning. Uh, you know, right now, uh, Kyle writes in a little jam. First and second with uh, two out. Uh, sorry, first and third with two out. So we'll see what happens. But he'll get up fourth, or if they make it him, he'll be up fourth next inning. So we'll see what happens. So that's uh, what did I say? His first name was uh, Vaughn Grissom. Grissom. Good name. Anything else we want to talk about the Braves? Uh, not too much else other than, of course, they've got the series against the Fish over the weekend. Uh, some relief help might be on the way. Darren O'Day, he is, you know, right-handed reliever. He's rehabbing starting this week uh, with the Gwinnett Stripers in AAA. No real updates on Ozzy Albies right now, at least nothing they're willing to be forthcoming about. So that's pretty much all we have. Shake off the loss, get out there and do the job. 
against Boston, take the series, and get the work done against the Fish. You get a busy week next week. Now, are they called the Mississippi Braves, or did they change that nickname too? Like no, the they're still the Mississippi Braves. Okay, good. At least they'll keep something intact there. Okay, you're listening, and that's inning number two in in the uh, in the books. Uh, you're listening to the Who's on First Base Baseball podcast with the coach Carl Demasi and the baseball fanatic Kyle Lawson. Don't forget, tickets on sale Saturday night in the Sound Garden. Okay, we're going to watch Night Train, and Night Train is the great ultimate tribute to Guns N' Roses. Go out and check them out. Unbelievable band. They played many times in the Sound Garden. If you haven't seen them, go to Eventbrite or go to CoachesCorner.com for tickets. They're going to sell out fast. Unbelievable show. I've seen them before. A lot of my friends have. You're in for a treat if you love the music of GNR. And you said he's better than uh, lead singers, better than Axelrod. I was about to say, he he sounds like a young Axl Rose. I will tell you that right now. Really talented. <laughs> here's here's era number four, Axl Rode. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you said Axl Rod. I'm like, who the heck is that Axel guy? Rod. <laughs> all right, all right. But I, 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 knew I, know who, I know who Guns N' Roses, I know the band. I couldn't tell you, you know, I, you know I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a music buff like you, buddy. My head's so deep in sports, I, I couldn't tell you. But the only, the only good thing is I know two songs. You know what the songs they are? What songs would those be? Happy Birthday and the Star Spangled Banner. I'll even well, go three songs. Go. Three songs. Take me out to the ball game, too. So, well, that's, that's one of my favorites, too. But, hey, you got a lot of work to do. I love my sports. I find my time with my music. But, yeah, if you're really interested in uh, checking out uh, the GNR tribute band, Night Train, do yourself a favor. Go to eventbrite.com or coachescorner.com. It's going to be an unbelievable show. And tickets will sell out by the end of the week. Don't wait. All right, so that's inning number two in the books. Inning number three is where we go to the Savannah Bananas and Morning. local guys. But we're not going to get to the local guys tonight because we got a special a special uh, interview that took this place is last be a treat. night. This is a treat. So, uh, they just won the Pettit Cup for the third time in their history. Back-to-back back ships, baby. And since the Pettit Cup, came, the, the Coastal Plain League came back in 1997, uh, them and uh, now a defunct team, Thomasville Tigers. They used to be called the High Point Thomasville Tigers. They're no longer in existence. They won three in a row, something that, uh, you know, that the, uh, what's their faces, the Bananas can look at doing next year. But Biko Scala had to break down the coastal plain season. We didn't talk about the um, the world tour. We're not talking, well, we talked a little about what's coming up, but it's just a special interview. So stay, sit back Great and look. And, and joining me on the coach scorner hot seat is the man himself, Biko Scala. What's up, Biko? And this is what it's all about. Savannah Bananas uh, doing it again. Back-to-back championships. A great run. Uh, I don't know if this team was more special than last year's team. I don't know if they had more talent. But, you know, to wrap this up, okay, of course, we're going to still talk Bananas because we still got six dates to go. But this man's been behind the scenes behind the mic for every single game this year. And also, he's the wizard of the whiteboard. So he comes out of the clouds and he paints the picture for you, even though we got a little uh, a little help with his uh, cohort doing all the uh, all the uh, slides of the magnets and drawing with the dry eraser marks. But it's pretty cool. If you have never watched it, you got to watch it. Go to the replays. It's unbelievable. But joining me on the, the hot seat, the coach scoring the hot seat, the man himself, the man behind the mic, the broadcast, internet entertainer, Nico Biko Scala. Well, buddy, you did it again. Two years back-to-back. Congratulations. Uh, Mr. Damasi, so great to be back on and, and fired up to be talking about the second straight Bananas Coastal Plain League Championship. I mean, you, you're all over the place. I see you all over these podcasts now. Everybody wants to talk to Biko Nico Scala. Yeah, a little, a little here, a little there. You know, I'm always happy to give a few minutes of the day to talk Banana Land. So it, it's always a blast. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, you, you've earned, you learned a, a big uh, following. Maybe it's going to be a cult, Biko Scala cult. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the, the people out there, the few, the proud, the strong, who are, are big <laughs> fans of mine, uh, they are loud, and and uh, I appreciate them more than you could ever imagine. But, you know, in general, it's banana fans who have watched every game over the last one, two, three seasons. So, so we've got to spend a lot of quality time together, and, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be where I am today with the bananas without the fer- fervent support of the fans. So I, I really appreciate it. I mean, another great idea by the Savannah Bananas, bring up the banana insiders. You, you know, you pay a fee, you can't miss a game. You won't miss a game because we know you're not going to get it. You're not going to get a ticket, right? What are we at now? What's the sellout? 
Oh, gosh. I was actually going to throw that in my notes today. Uh, I think we're north of 200. I've got to calculate world tour dates as well as the uh, 24 regular season home games, a couple more playoff games that were sold out as well. I've got to do some mental math, but we're right in the 200 vicinity of, of straight sellouts. Simply amazing. I bet you nobody nobody would have thunk that when they said, we're naming a team Savannah Bananas. So, uh, But anyway, all right, so we know that the World Tour was a big success, sellout everywhere. But this year, the Coastal Plain League, we're talking about the kids coming in from the colleges, playing baseball and playing great baseball between the lines. I mean, there was no better, no better line than I thought at the end of that uh, ceremony at the celebration where, you know, the skipper, Tyler Gillum, says, you know, people know we can dance but we do play some damn good baseball and they sure do. And I've said that since day one, you know, I was there for the first year. I got to do two games on the internet for the playoffs. And then you, they went up to beat uh, the pilots. Who were the pilots? Peninsula. They beat Peninsula, but I couldn't travel up there to do it. But uh, you know, back then everything was archaic, but for you, you've been there three years. The growth of this broadcast is unbelievable. Now we got replays. We got, we got graphics. Sometimes, buddy, you got to tell the people doing the graphics, the home team goes on the bottom. Yeah, well, that actually predates me coming to Banana Land. Those were uh, a couple of great graphics that Brad Walker made, the 2019, uh, you know, intern broadcaster for the team. And he made them because he was only doing home games. So he was correct in, in these fancy score bugs that had the bananas uh, on the bottom as the home team. But, you know, I, I like the look of them so much. You, you take them on the road, they work right. there, and, and the insiders are, are quick enough on their feet to, to figure out what's going on. <laughs> so, but I'm telling you, tell me about the growth over the three years, the growth of this broadcast. I mean, you were there by yourself the first year. I mean, and even the second year, this is really where you got an intern and you got the guys to come up to be – I mean, I got to tell you this, though, and I said I'd only keep you to 10 minutes. We're already at four minutes. Man, oh, man. <laughs> Listening to Keyshawn Johnson on ESPN. Okay. Yeah. Juan Soto the other night in the Padre game, he was mic'd up during the inning. And I forgot who hit the home run. Uh, Corey Seager, somebody was hitting a home run. And you hear Soto saying, stay in, stay in, bring it to me, baby, bring it to me. That was great. But Keyshawn Johnson, I, I don't like that. I don't like that in baseball games. He's going to lose his concentration. What happens if he makes an error? Well, ha what happened when you were, you were mic'd up for the football games, buddy? That's what makes it fun for the fans. Fans first. Someday the NFL and the Major League Baseball group will, 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 will love what, what, what you guys are doing. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And, and as crazy as the broadcast uh, has really excelled and we've, we've put a lot of um, you know financial support into it, I'm really blessed to have the great leaders, Jared Orton, Jesse, and Emily Cole behind me and, and always interested in undertaking the upgrades that we go through every year. But, um, you know, what's funny is as far as we have come, even when I came in 2020 and we just had four cameras and we're doing the broadcast off an iPad, we were trying to mic people up. And, and sometimes we got some really great content from it. So, yeah, we, we were, quote, unquote, early to the micing up in a game that actually matters type, type deal. And it, it's just so much fun. We've gotten incredible content over the years. And it's one of those things. Like, if the guys want to do it, they do it. We're not forcing mics on anybody. You know what I mean? So exactly. some folks, everybody's different. You know, some people need to be locked in and, and keep their mental space free of, of any distractions that may uh, come with being mic'd up. But a lot of the guys thrive on it. And, and it even helps them clear the mind more than normal. Uh, Indy Stanley in the 46th game of the summer got mic'd up and was like, you know, complaining at the plate, jokingly, like, I have, I'm not concentrated on this at bat at all. And then he doubled down the line. Yeah, I remember and, that. <laughs> right. And, and he's like, oh, okay, see ball, hit ball. That wasn't too hard. Um, oh. So, yeah, it, it can benefit as, as much as it can take away from it, someone's skills. I mean, it, it, it's just unbelievable. But, uh, you know, I, I just it blew my mind when he said that. He just blew my mind. You know, baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, no. And you're, the, you're, wearing, you're wearing that that little logo on your chest there. We won't say it's not bananas, but Yogi Berra couldn't say it more. It's 90% mental. The other is 50% physical. So, you know, <laughs> you got, you got uh, to love it. The great Yogi, one of the greatest winners and philosophers of all time. Uh, and remember, in Yankees land. And J Jesse believes it. It ain't over till it's over, and it's never over in banana land. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, I got to take a peek at the Yogi Berra Museum 
in uh oh golly the new jersey jackals um <laughs> in in their park up up in near the city but a really really cool spot in new jersey if, if anyone right. gets to ever check it out all right quickly first question wrap the whole coastal plain city around what you've done this year and what that team's done this year i mean just simply amazing if you ask me yeah, this this team was actually supposed to be bolstered by a lot more veterans than ended up being able to come. Uh, Jared Beck, his agent didn't let him come, and, and understandable, he was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles, and if he can make it to the majors, will be the tallest man ever to play the game at seven feet. Yeah. Um, but so so you know, he was held back, even though he really wanted to come. Matthew Steidel hit an innings limit. Eduardo Malinowski in Virginia Tech went deep into postseason play, so he got burnt out and and couldn't come here to, to play for a second season. Uh, you know, Nick Clarno and Jesse Sherrill got hurt uh, at the end of their college season. So it was supposed to be another murderer's row, like last year, filled with savvy vets. There were still a few guys who, who had, had done it before, had won the championship in 2021. Ryan Kennedy in his fourth year, Ty Jackson, Bryson Bloomer in their second years, Nolan Daniel in his third but uh, once it got down to the nitty gritty, especially after um, four guys being drafted or signed off the team in Levon, Clarno, um, Carson Dorsey, and then Bo Brewer, four of the best players on the team. Understandable. That's what major league baseball right. teams are trying to snag from you. Um, you know, the, the team lost a little bit of offense there for sure. Just in, in far as firepower goes and they struggled offensively for a few games there but they're grinders. They led the coastal playing league in steals for the fourth time in the past five years with Tyler Gillum as the manager. They were top one or two in every pitching statistic that mattered top three for the most part. And all of the contact um, statistics hitting wise, they don't have power because Grayson Stadium's a graveyard and, and you just can't recruit that way. Um, but man, they, they didn't have as dominant a regular season as the 2021 bananas who went 36 and eight in the regular season, but then had to sweat out three elimination games across the six postseason games that they won on, on track to the franchise's second Pettit cup. Once this team, the 2022 version got to the playoffs, like I said, Ty was the only guy in the starting lineup that had uh, more than a year of experience with the bananas. Bryson Bloomer cracked the lineup for the last game and a pinch hit opportunity in the first game, uh, ninth inning of the championship. But uh, in general, this team was, they were a wagon. When it came down to it, they played the bacon, got down to a 3 nothing lead in game one, a run in the first, second, and third innings tied it, two in the fourth, three in the fifth. All of a sudden, they were up ahead 8-3, to three, and they never trailed for the rest of the four-game playoffs, uh, dominating 8-2 to two win in Macon, 8-3 to three in Wilson, and then 11 nothing skunking of the Tobs at home to, to put the cherry on top. So, you know, as... The vibes weren't the same. This team was incredible. I, I love all the guys like like you wouldn't imagine, but it's a whole different feel, right. the mission to repeat compared to the team that hadn't won it since 2016 and nobody on it had experienced that before. This was a team that wanted to prove, hey, once again, we can dance and have the circus surrounding the game and plus beat all you folks in the league. Um, but yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't the desperation and... Uh, you know, the stress of last year's team. I think those were the, the two big differences. Uh, you just tuning in. You're listening to Who's on First Base Baseball podcast with the coach, Carl Demasi, the baseball fanatic. And, of course, we're at the Bananas segment. We're talking to the broadcast internet entertainer, last year's entertainer of the year. We better get it this year. But anyway, all right, I, you know, first half, uh, we're 19-5, and five, okay? Bananas are 19-5. and five. Second half, they go, don't, don't, don't. I don't want you to spit it out. Uh, notes, notes, 19, 15 and nine. Yes. They win the second half. What do you think was the key turning point, though, in that second half with what was going on with the players being drafted? Because I can tell you something right now. My key moment is when I interviewed Tyler Gillum for the podcast, he said to me that when they came out in the second half, you got to understand, we're trying new people at new positions just in case. And sure enough, Tyler was right. The skipper was seeing the future where these guys were going to take other positions. Yeah, you've really got to plug and play in summer collegiate fall with guys having to report to new schools, their old school, whatever it is, getting drafted, um, injuries. You, you, that's the bane of your existence. But there's a lot of coming and going between talent when it comes to summer collegiate baseball. So Tyler Gillum, Corey Pye, Eric Fox, and, and the entire coaching staff there do as well as anyone else. Of course, Barry Aldridge, 
coordinator of baseball ops does a really good job helping them with reinforcements as well. I would say bringing David Meadows, the graduated senior out of Columbus state was uh, as big of a midseason acquisition as anybody he ended up playing 20 games in the regular season. Most of them at second base, a little short and third as well. Um, he's actually, I, I can give you a little breaking news here. Looks like he's going to be a professional banana over these next six games as well. Probably going to move to the outfield just based on this team's roster constraints. But um, he's a really, really flexible guy defensively. A speed demon, obviously. He went 25 for 28 in steals at Columbus State. And then went 26 for 26 in 20 games as a banana, which was insane video game type numbers. Ended up one steal shy of the league lead compared to a guy who played in 44 games and was 27 for 33. You know, it's, it's uncomparable type stuff. So DR was an incredible spark plug. He ended up hitting three hole throughout the entirety of the playoffs. That was a big turning point. Uh, there's, there's a few games that you can point to that just really showed this team's medal um, before the draft and after it, you know, they had a 13 inning win in Macon. Nolan Daniel went three and a two, three and two thirds scoreless. Nick Foray, uh, was able to get the final four outs, including a strikeout of the side in the bottom of the 13th. That was a crushing defeat for the bacon. Bryce Madrin had a pinch hit double to start a five run ninth. That was all the way back when the bananas became 16 and five and clinched the first half. Uh, feels like years ago at this point. Uh, Bryce also had a, a game untying solo shot in the ninth inning on his birthday back on July 1st. Yep. Um, and, and then I would say when you truly saw the magic of this team on display more than any other time was against the Florence Flamingos. I knew you were going to say that. I yeah. knew you were going to say that. I mean, that was miraculous. They Unbelievable. Were, they were being perfect gamed through six and the third yep. and no hit going into the ninth with one out. Um, and, and then, you know, classic bananas rally hit by pitch, walk, double steal, a sack fly that, is a home run in the other 13 Coastal Plain League parks, but Armando Becerra was able to cut the lead in half and, and move the tying run to 90 feet away. And then Bryce Madron gets the first hit of the game with uh, only two pitches left. Little did we know because he stole second on the next one, took off for third, once again, Bananas Baseball. And there he is, D.R. Meadows, Doc, bounces the ball through the left side. And the Bananas uh, beat the Flamingos, who had nine hits and two runs. The Bananas had two hits and three runs. So that, that just really showed how this team was able to manufacture and, and steal a game that they were losing for 98% of it and not just losing, losing in the most embarrassing way possible. Um, and and that's, that really showed the medal of these guys and that they were going to be a major force to be reckoned with uh, come July 31st and, and the first week of August. All right, quickly, uh, we got six games left. Uh, no, no tickets available, but uh, it's going to be a heck of a run. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things going in, in the works in the back doors of that Grayson Stadium and in, in the bowels of Grayson Stadium, as we call it, okay? So it's going to be pretty interesting. But once again, buddy, great job. And like I told you before, I, I love when you do the whiteboard because you're painting a picture that people don't realize. That's old school. That's how people growing up with baseball, all they had was a radio. And they had to get the picture from the announcer. And uh, you do a great job with it. I'm looking forward to the next six games. I'm I'm looking forward to see what else the bananas have up their sleeves. And uh, once again, uh, stay down here a little longer. You don't have to go up to that cold weather pretty soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, Carl. Uh, you're, you're the best, man. Always fired up to see you in the comment section on the home or away broadcasts. You know. I'm second fiddle now, buddy. I'm the OG. You got so many more fans that beat me to the punchline. I'm just sitting back and watching the whole thing. I would, Right before the double play that ended the, the season with the championship, I was about to type, Biko, another great season. I couldn't even get in. I couldn't <laughs> even get in because people were blowing it up left and right. So, uh, you know, it's it just a phenomenal year, phenomenal season. I'm, I can't I'm wait, I can't wait until next year to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. The ceiling is the roof, as the great Michael Jordan was quoted in North Carolina saying a few years ago. But, um, yeah, these six games are going to be a blast. We've got the Banana Land documentary season come, uh, series coming out on ESPN+. Plus, So that's going to be uh, combined with some other broadcasting stuff we, has go we have going on. St stay tuned to Banana Social Media in the future to check all, all the news and updates on that out. But, yeah, it, it's going to be really fun. We're going to have a lot of familiar faces. It's going to be great to see Bill and Kyle playing ball again, uh, uh, you know, two of the princes of Banana Land right there. And, and bringing in some former MLB guys once again to, to have a blast playing, playing in, the, in the most fun stadium in sports. All right, keep it up, and uh, we'll be talking over the next couple of weeks. I know we still got about at least three weeks to go. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, 
once again, congratulations. As we say all the time, just go bananas. Oh, that's, that's, that's what it's all about, Carl. Thanks so much for having me on. Always a blast, man. I mean, what can I tell you, Kyle? What, what a great, I mean, the, the kid loves what he's doing. He has the, uh, he has the stick for it. I mean, whether it's, it fits it, it suits wh- it. Whether it's doing the stream of the whiteboard. I mean, but just an exciting time to be part of that team. Three years he's been there and two out of the three years, they win the title. That's just it. You got so much great fodder to work with. I mean, with a great team, a talented team. This team was super special. You're sending guys uh, potentially to the major leagues. You are not only providing a great show, but these these ball players, this crop of bananas, are getting a chance to get drafted and go to the major leagues. And it's unbelievable. And you're having a great time while you're doing it. Biko does an amazing job. If he is not the entertainer of the year for the CPL for back-to-back years, I don't know what's going on. But really, what's really special, if you listened, okay, uh, it's just unbelievable how that that stream broadcast. I'm not talking about yeah. the whiteboard because the whiteboard no, is more no. more of his radio stick that he does really good. But that that broadcast, this is the Coastal Plain League. This is a wooden bat league. They got graphics. They got replay. They got. Uh, outfielders, pitches, talking to them while the game's going on. So much advanced, more advanced than I think uh, anybody. I bet you it's more advanced than the Cape League, which is the Cape Cod League is the best wooden college bat league in the United States. Yeah, it certainly is. And I mean, you're giving your you're giving players basically almost a professional atmosphere. You're having the graphics. You're having the interaction with the players. You're letting the fans of these teams get to know these players you know, and kind of be a part of the ride, you know, make them a, like they're in the dugout with the bananas throughout the throughout the whole game, throughout the whole season. And Biko is the anchor for all of this. Now, uh, you know, what you think about, uh, you know, uh, I talked a little well, I didn't talk to Biko about this. If you listen to Hot Grids pod, podcast, episode yeah. 127, uh, Travis Janan and I talked about is the city going to be able to keep this team here? Because if you look at the facility, it needs it needs improvement, and the city. I feel, and this is another podcast. I'm going off on the Savannah, the city government of Savannah. They don't want to upkeep that stadium. I just hope that the bananas don't split. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I I think, I mean, I don't know what type of investment. I think the city should know what a great contribution this organization's given. To that stadium, they've played an old Grayson Stadium, a stadium that a professional South Atlantic team, the, the Savannah Sandats, left because of the upkeep. They were offered a new stadium in Columbia. They left. Guess what? Open arms. They the bananas are welcomed in. They do everything they're asked. They sell out. They bring revenue into the city. It behooves the city council to put money back into this stadium this is an old stadium it needs work the plumbing is bad in there you can see it when it rains it floods we've talked about this for years it needs to happen because you see savannah bananas merch all over this country all over the world and i mean this is this is fun this has become a national thing they need proper facilities and it's a tourist attraction it is has always been a tourist attraction yeah. Savannah's the tourist attraction, but now the bananas are the tourist attraction. That's just it. You get people coming in, buying the merch, I mean, coming in, watching the game. It's the hottest ticket in town. Why would you not do something that helps both the organization and the city? It's and, a no-brainer. I mean, it, it, it's definitely a no-brainer. It's, it's just something special. And I'll end on this note because I know we want to get to trivia. We've gone a little longer than we should have. But, uh, you, know, you know, just think about it, Kyle. Just think about it. There are 42 cities in the United States that lost minor league baseball teams. Don't you think one of them would love to have bananas? It doesn't have to be the Savannah bananas anymore. But if you put the bananas in that league, I mean, they sell out the world tour. They got six games coming up. They sell it out. I mean, and April 19th, we got Banana Land, especially on ESPN+. Plus. That's going to blow up the market there, too. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's got to watch what they're doing. Savannah's going to lose his team, and there's a lot of cities that would love to have him. Yeah, I mean, especially with the Coles running the show and the fact you know that ownership is sound, you know what you're going to get marketing-wise. It is so professionally well-run. I mean, they are the class of the CPL, and, I mean, they're doing it in an old facility. And I guarantee you there'd be a ton of cities that would love, uh, that have a strong, long baseball history as far as, you know, minor league baseball – 
get a team back. It might be, you know, it's a it's college, it's not professional, but you're seeing guys that have a chance to get drafted and go to the big leagues. And guess what? You're going to have a good time watching it. So hopefully they'll work it out. But once again, Biko Scala, thank you for always coming on whenever we ask you. Best, it's always a great interview. And as always, the back-to-back CPL Pettit Cup champions, the Savannah Bananas, three, three, three championships in six three years. Three times. Three times champs. You know, as uh, Tyler Gillum says, yes, everybody knows this is we're very good at dancing, but they're damn good at playing baseball. That's all that matters. At the end of the day, you're playing ball. What do we always say? Play ball. They do that. All right. Inning number three in the book. Inning number four. Well, let's go back. We got to give a plug out here. We got to we got to get people in in the Sound Garden. Oh, Don't you got to Saturday night in the Sound Garden, seven o'clock. Go to Eventbrite. Get your tickets. It's Night Train. Go ahead. Tell them about Axelrod. Okay. Night Train, a great tribute to the great music of Guns N' Roses. And I'm telling you, their lead singer sounds exactly like a young Axel Rose. Get out there. I did it again. I I know. Axelrod. Two Axelrods. All right. One more for the hat trick. But that's okay. Great music. It's always at Coach's Corner, and they always bring in the best, one of the best tribute bands for GNR that you will ever hear. Go out and hear in all their hits. Before the tickets sell out, make sure to go to Eventbrite or Coach'sCorner.com for your tickets. It's going to be a great time. And I know I sound like a broken record. It's all sports, all music, all food, all fun since? 1991, Coach. Hey, I didn't get an error on that one. I finally did it right. Yeah, yeah. I got a little base hit right up the middle. And I think I'm going right. to snap your button trivia now. What do you say? Okay, <laughs> inning number four is where we go to trivia. It's a lot of fun. It's something that we loved doing when we first started oh, the yeah. show on the radio. But we had too many questions. I think we had five questions each, and it took oh. like 30 minutes. So we cut it to two questions. How it works, we play two innings. I ask a question. Kyle asks a question. That's inning number one. Then we go to inning number two. If we're tied, which we have six ties this year, which I'm staying in the ball game this year. No, we you go are. to a tiebreaker, so there will be Very a third question. All right. So last <laughs> week, of course, the uh, white with – flag with the blue w is flying downtown in front of his house i gotta try to get it back out here in wilmington island so tonight of course you went first last week so it's my first to be the visiting team this week so throw your best pitch at me buddy okay pitching you say all right i did a deep dive on great pitching stats i've got several questions for you but i'm going to start with this one you're only allowed two huh you're only allowed two i'm well aware that's why i wrote two Okay. So here's what I got for you. Can you name me the last team with a pitching staff that had four 20 game winners on it? Do I have to name them? You don't have to name them. You just need to name me the ball club and name me the year it happened. You said ball club, which happens to be Baltimore Orioles in 1970, right? Oh, 71. So close. But I still, no, no. You didn't ask for the year. You just asked for the ball club. It's the Baltimore Orioles. I said the year and the club, but you know what? No, you didn't. You didn't say the year and the club. We got to go back to the videotape on that one. All right, fine. I'm going to let you have that one. So, yeah, you are right. Jim Palmer, Mike Cuellar, uh, Pat Dobson, and Dave McNally. Well done, sir. I had to go back into your Utes for that one. That's a good one. All All right. right. So, one to nothing. There you go, coach. Okay. So it's one nothing. Who was the first? Hey, and I, I did pitching too. We didn't even talk about it. <laughs> I, I read the room. I read the room. Three, three, three weeks in a row. We're, we're, we're on top of this. Okay. Okay. This is good. Go. Who was the first pitcher to throw a no hitter, pitch a complete game, and lose the game? I want the pitcher and I want the team he played for. No hitter, complete game, and he lost the game. And I'm not even going to ask for the year. Okay, uh, boy, I'm going to go with Andy Hawkins, the Yankees, 1990. They lost two nothing to White Sox, right? Yeah, but the first person to do it was Ken Johnson. First the person to do it. First pitcher to okay, allow. You got me. That's on okay. me. I know. Well, you got to say, repeat the question, please. Because you know, no, I, I, bum- I heard it. That one's on me. But you know, I bumble and stumble and I make errors. So make sure you ask me to repeat the question, okay? But uh, he was pitching for the old Houston Colt 45s. Ooh, okay? 62 through 65. There he you did go. it in 64 at Colt Stadium before we had the Astrodome. All right. Must have stuck playing he pitched there, the man. complete game. Hot. 
Pete Rose reached on an error. He got to second base on a fielder's choice, and then he scored on another fielding error. <laughs> oh, the first error, Pete Rose, was to Ken Johnson. <laughs> Back to the Oh, pitcher. my gosh. All right. That was good. That was good. <laughs> one, one in the end. I'm up one nothing. This could be the W coming this out of here. Could, to this could Island. be it. This could be it. Here you go. Can you name me the last team that had three 20-game winners? Not four, but three. Three 20-game – the last team to have three 20-game winners. Yeah, this one got a little tougher. Is it? Is it recent? <laughs> I'll I put it to you this way. Nobody has won a – nobody's tossed – had, uh, excuse me, a 20-plus game win season since 2012, so – so it's before 2012. That's 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 all I'm going to give you. I just have to give you the team. Just give me the team. So there are a couple of teams in that time period that uh, you know had over 100 wins, right? Yeah. So you got to look at a solid ball club. Yeah. All right. We know the Yankees were very good once when they had over 100 wins. We had the uh, I think it was the uh, Seattle Mariners was another one. Uh, Come on. All right, 10 seconds, and then I don't know. <sighs> See, I knew I knew the Baltimore Orioles had four because I, you know, they played the Mets in 69, and, and I love following the Orioles after that because uh, – Brooke Robinson and the colors. I don't know. I can't. I, I'm going to take All a right. guess. New York Yankees, 2000. All right. That's fair. That's fair. No, believe it or not, it was the 1973 Athletics. Catfish Hunter, Vita Blue, Kenny Holtzman. Yep. I didn't know. I didn't know that they, they had that. Okay, three. you're still up. You are still up. You got a chance to stump me right here. What you got? Okay. What are the two questions? Okay. All right. You're going to, I know you probably know either one of these. So I'm going to go hopefully with the tough one. Okay. Who holds, what pitcher holds the record for consecutive 300 plus strikeouts? And how many seasons did he do it in a row? 300 plus strikeouts. My gosh. And in he what did season? it. In what seasons did he do it? No, no. How many seasons did he? What? How many consecutive years did he do it? One, ten, twenty. I mean, I'm going to go with Nolan Ryan during those years with the Angels, and I think he did it three years in a row. The flag is coming to Wilmington Island. Oh, get out of here! And I know you're going to go crazy. You're going to take that Cubs hat and throw it across the room. No, because you I, know this. I... The big unit, Randy Johnson. Oh my gosh, come on. From 1998 to 2002, five years in a row, he played for three different teams. In fact, for five consecutive years, he struck out 300 batters. All right. Hey, take the flag. Enjoy your fourth win. Fly that W, buddy. I got you. You did. This was good this week. I liked it. And we, we and, and people, I know you listen to us. If you do listen to us, we appreciate it, whether it's for five minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. But we do not tell each other what the trivia top is going to be, but you could tell, you know, I guess he's catching on whenever I tell him, you know, we talk about the segments and what's going to be added to around the horn where we break down divisions. So I guess he's catching on to my little stick. Cause I usually go with that. So, uh, but yeah, that was I like fun. to read the room, but still, I mean, it doesn't mean, you know, I can't beat you or you can't beat me. I mean, Hey, we're make we don't talk about this. Get out of here. All right. So we got to get out of here a little early. Please say a prayer for all those poor people. Uh, what's going on in their country in the Ukraine, uh, you know, and, and what's going on with this crazy, wacky world that we live in here in the United States with all the different issues we're dealing with. But the reason why we do this fanatic is to help them do what? This is a little escape. Enjoy yourself. Relax. And just, you know, try to think, get rid of your troubles for a wee 40 minutes here. But we certainly appreciate you listening. And we hope we helped you kind of take a deep breath and uh, just have a couple of laughs along the way. And it's almost... Big time football season coming up too, with along with baseball. So make sure you tune tuning in to check that out, okay? But anyway, remember tomorrow night in Iowa, we got the Field of Dream game. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. Seven o'clock on Fox. Yep, yeah, uh, yeah, coverage will start. The game starts at seven fifteen. 
Cubs versus the Reds. Check out the vintage uniforms. And we're going to be playing baseball in a cornfield. I can't wait to see it. I'll take some cornbread. I'll take some cornbread, but uh, we'll be playing in a cornfield. I'm pretty sure they're not going to be selling it at the ballpark. And uh, first thing I can do before we get out of here, remember, Saturday night, Soundgarden, it's Night Train. Night Train, the great ultimate tribute to Guns and Roses. Go to eventbrite.com or coachescorner.com to see one of the best Guns and Roses tribute bands around. Check it out. And the lead singer is better than Axl Rose. He finally got it. There you go. This guy is good. <laughs> Check out this guy's voice. You feel like you're in 1987. I know I said that earlier, but it is true. Check him out. And it's always a night to remember when you go to the Sound Garden at Coach's Corner. All right. So, Fanatic, whatever you're doing today, tomorrow, what are you going to do? Always hit it out of the park. How about out of the cornfield tomorrow night? I hope so, because technically until- that's the outfield. <laughs> and until we talk to you next week, may it be your what? Best week ever. And as we always say at the end of the, at the end of the show, play ball, play ball. Take care, fanatic. Have a good one, and uh, make sure you watch those Cubbies. Not too worried about that. We'll see you next week. Hey, I'll be here. So will you. You got that right. Take care. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> see ya.